The Truth Commentary with Rob Pugh, publisher of the Wisconsin Christian News, a ministry dedicated to the truth revealed through Jesus Christ, encouraging listeners to stand boldly as the King's return is at hand. There's a lot of fear in our world today. Many are fearful and even despairing as we see the world slide so quickly under the tyrannical boot heels of the New World Order globalists. Around the world, there are serious supply chain disruptions, which have been purposely orchestrated to bring about poverty and famine, so that us peasants must beg our masters for a scrap of bread. If one dares speak the truth, it's labeled hate speech. Truth-tellers are no longer allowed. Recently, the UN announced they're looking into ways to simply shut down the independent websites of those who publish information contrary to the Great Reset Agenda. Good is called evil, and evil is called good. Real science and critical thinking has been censored and outlawed. Parents who speak out at school board meetings are now targeted as domestic terrorists. Workers who file for a religious exemption from the jab are now being monitored and tracked for their faith in God by no less than 25 government agencies here in the U.S. In most churches around our country, the pastors are silent on all of these matters, and the congregations simply sing louder to drown out the cries of those being threatened, targeted, and terrorized by their own government. Jeremiah 5.31 says, The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own power, and my people love to have it so. But what will you do in the end? Indeed, what will you do in the end if you followed only lies for so long? If only the pastors and priests would gather the courage to stand against evil and diligently instruct their people on how to properly respond in days like these. But they simply continue to prophesy good things, a form of godliness, a pretend godliness without any power at all. Professing Christians called to be the salt and light in this dark world have lost their savor and therefore have become irrelevant, good for nothing, except to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. Can you show me one area of American society where Christianity has the power and authority it once did? Can you say, Ichabod, truly the glory of God has departed from our land, and it's the fault of a shameful, cowardly church? After nearly two years now of two weeks to flatten the curve, people are more fearful than ever. Yes, people have died from COVID, but we now know that most of those deaths were preventable. Life-saving treatments were forbidden while hospitals implemented Fauci's official hospital protocols using deadly drugs and treatments that systematically killed patients. And it's still going on. Doctors who know better are forbidden to deviate from the official hospital protocols or speak the truth publicly for fear of losing their licenses. Today, many are fearful about coming food shortages, shortages of everything, in fact. The U.S. is quickly becoming a third-world country. You may not see it yet and think that's an exaggeration, but those predicted shortages will soon arrive in your town if they haven't already. You have been warned. We're also facing hyperinflation, and make no mistake, this is not by accident. The powers that be want us all to be in breadlines. Their goal is to make us all completely dependent on government for all of our basic necessities. The more fearful and desperate people become, the more compliant and obedient they become. That's the plan. But that's the plan of the globalists. That's their worldly plan. God laughs at that, by the way. As Christ followers, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but rather of power, of love, and a sound mind. 
It's time we put our faith into action and use the power that God has given us. It's time we show real godly love to a lost and dying world. And it's definitely time we use our heads. He's given us a sound mind, and that's a terrible thing to waste. Now, we're certainly not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. Yes, the devil is loose and raging in our world today. We shouldn't bury our heads in the sand and pretend all the wickedness going on around us isn't happening. We shouldn't call truth-tellers conspiracy theorists. And we must resist evil every time it's thrust upon us. Truly, if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. He has no choice. But if we fail to maintain a close walk with our Lord and Savior, if we listen more to the media's approved talking points, if we fear the world more than we fear God, then we're going to be just plain fearful. And so many today are. Last spring, when they shut down the pipeline, there was a gas scare in some of the southern and southeastern states. Some gas stations were closed down completely because there was no gas. Others were open but had strict limits on how much gas each person could buy, but people were still filling up all their vehicles and as many gas cans as they could. And of course, the prices for gas increased dramatically. During that time, a good friend of mine was traveling from one of those states to come speak at a church in Ohio that my wife and I were visiting. In his sermon, he talked about his experiences traveling north. Some of his friends down south had asked him, Are you still planning to go to Ohio? What if you get stranded? What if you can't get gas? When he turned on the radio news, all the talk was about severe shortages, which were only going to get worse. It seemed everyone he ran into was afraid, scared of the scarcity, but my friend was not. He used a phrase during his sermon that I asked his permission to borrow. He said, we have to stop living in scarcity, scarcity. You see, all the talk everywhere was about the scarcity of gas, but Jesus instructed his followers to not be like the world, to not be like the heathen. He said in Matthew 6, your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. He knows your needs even before we ask. Now, my friend was not preaching a fake prosperity gospel, and neither am I. His point and mine is that God knows our needs, and he takes care of his children when we put our trust in him, follow him, and are obedient to his call. Don't look at our current circumstances in despair. Look at those circumstances and see what God will do and what he will do through you if you listen to the Holy Spirit, your counselor and friend. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his rebuke. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, just as a father disciplines the son in whom he delights. Blessed is a person who finds wisdom and one who obtains understanding. Comply with sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life to your soul. Then you will walk in your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden danger, nor trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. There's our answer, friends. And notice it doesn't say we won't have trouble. It says, do not be afraid of trouble from the wicked when it comes. Jesus himself told us that in this world we will have tribulation. 
but we should take heart because he has overcome the world. So let's use our heads. We know what the enemy is planning and doing. So let's be wise and use the sound minds God's given us, his children. Remember the dreams of Pharaoh in Egypt, the seven fat cows being swallowed up by the seven sickly cows, the seven robust heads of grain being devoured by the seven weak heads of grain? Joseph had the wisdom to interpret those dreams. A famine, scarcity was coming to Egypt. He could have been fearful and full of despair, but instead he used wisdom. He prepared. He stockpiled food and supplies while he was able to in anticipation for the coming scarcity. And then when that scarcity came, not only was the land of Egypt prepared, but they were also prepared to help others, including Joseph's long-lost family. Joseph was truly blessed, though he certainly endured harsh treatment, many trials and tribulations during his time in Egypt. It wasn't all health, wealth, and prosperity, and certainly when he languished in prison for a crime he didn't commit, I doubt he would have called that his best life now. He went through a lot, but he never wavered from his faith in God, and God brought him through, reunited him with his family, and out of all these things built the nation of Israel, his chosen people. Now, of course, the story doesn't end there. The Israelites eventually became slaves of the Egyptians, and their lives were miserable. Eventually, God raised up Moses to deliver his people from the tyranny of the king. But as Moses obeyed the commands of God and defied the tyrant Pharaoh, Pharaoh made life even more miserable for the Hebrews. The slaves were required to make bricks using mud and straw. Pharaoh then commanded that the straw be removed, but that the Hebrews still be required to make the same quota of bricks. A scarcity of straw meant more toil, more misery and pain. The plan was to make them so miserable that they'd forget about the idea of leaving Egypt and worshiping God. Of course, we all know how that ended. Not well for the tyrants. God took care of his people when they were faithful and looked to him for their needs. Yet even after they left Egypt, it wasn't long before they began complaining about the scarcity of luxuries they had as slaves in Egypt. They actually wanted to turn back and live as slaves rather than trust God for their provision. They were in the wilderness, but still living in scarcity, even as God provided manna and meat and satisfied all their needs. The people were still discontented, doubtful, and disobedient. Friends, it's time we move out of scarcity. As children of God, we need never fear. Of course, we're going to have trials and tribulations in this world. Of course, the wicked will grow more and more wicked and vengeful on those of us who love the Lord. They hated Jesus first. What makes you think we're going to be well-liked and popular in this world? No, we'll be hated too for his namesake. But if there's any scarcity, it's a scarcity of faith among those of us who call ourselves Christians. And there's a famine of God's word in the land. So hold on to your faith and draw close to God. You know what's right and wrong. You know what's good and what's evil. Do right. Do good. Be faithful. Trust God. Prepare now while you can for scarcity of supplies that you know is coming. Be wise. The wicked, evil, globalist tyrants that appear to be running things will find their plan smashed to bits soon enough. In the meantime, it's going to be rough. So get used to it. Plan for it. It's the new normal, but it won't last forever. The question is, what side will you stand on while we're going through it? Stop living in fear. Fear is a great motivator toward compliance and allegiance with evil. The useless mask you allow them to force you to wear and strap to the faces of your children serve only one purpose, to keep us all reminded that we must be afraid. Afraid of what? 
the disapproval of men, confrontations with strangers in stores. Too many of us are afraid of losing our stuff, our jobs if we don't take the jabs, perhaps our homes, our cars, our luxuries, our lives of ease, if we don't comply with evil tyranny or if we dare speak the truth out loud in public. But every time we do comply, we aid the cause of the enemy, we lead others astray, and we make another conscious choice to obey men rather than God. So it's time we get out of scarcity and into the abundance of eternal life. Let our faith be steadfast. Let our service be to God alone. Let us boldly speak the truth at every opportunity, and may we never comply with evil and lies. For more encouragement in these things, I urge you to read and soak in Luke 12. Read the whole chapter. We all need it. I'll end here with verse 25. Which of you, by worrying, can add a single day to his life? So onward, Christian soldiers, let's march together out of scarcity. Audio CDs and transcripts of this message are available when you call me at Wisconsin Christian News, 715-486-8066, or email Rob, R-O-B, at wisconsinchristiannews.com, and ask for message number 348. This has been the Truth Commentary with Rob Pugh, publisher of the Wisconsin Christian News. Find us on the internet at wisconsinchristiannews.com. Questions and comments? Email Rob, R-O-B, at wisconsinchristiannews.com. The views expressed are those of the speaker.